Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Agents of Mace. This is Elisa. I'm here with Luke today. And we are also Sand Drew. Drew is off on an international adventure right now. But Luke and I are here to talk about the season finale of Loki. And we are so excited slash scared. Emphasis on scared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I started uh, following, I guess we could share this in the show notes, um, a few additional Instagram accounts that are kind of I don't know how, what you really call them. I don't know if it's like behind the scenes for Marvel or if it's just more of like the hype train, but they are really hyping up where this is going because this and this gets me nervous a little because it's almost like they're promising that what we're about to get is like old school Sam Raimi, like scary. And I kind of really want that. I, I'm just really intrigued by the thought of a, a Marvel film maybe even a series down the road that's going to be more of this scarier horror type genre than what we've already seen. Yeah, I was not expecting to be scared in this episode, but good God, that jump scare with Miss Minutes right at the beginning. Like, yeah, out of nowhere. What the Def- heck? <laughs> Definitely feels they went darker. Like one of the very first things in this episode, which I guess we've seen in, in past episodes was, when you get the the actual like Loki kind of like intro role, mm-hmm. we didn't get the music that we normally get. It was like very dark, I guess. You know, you didn't get the just that classic Loki intro sound. Um, and we didn't really get a song per se. We just kind of got the you, you still get the same visual. But when it came to the audio and the mood it was setting to me, it felt like, OK, this is about to go dark. Like, what are we about to get into? Mm-hmm. And we also, uh, part of the intro of this episode were, of course, clips from a lot of the movies, like audio clips, and even like WandaVision, the um, what is uh, grief, if not love, persevering line mm-hmm. made it into this. And uh, classic Loki's glorious purpose just from last week. But they also had a lot of like real life 
leaders uh, like Greta Thunberg, Kamal uh, Yousafzai, I hope I pronounced that right, <laughs> uh, Nelson Mandela and Maya Angelou, what quotes were peppered in there? And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, very different. <laughs> I saw a note like, and I haven't, I've seen this film, but I haven't seen it in quite a while. Like the whole opening space type sequence is a nod to uh, Robert Zemeckis' uh, film Contact. And that's uh, I've seen the movie once. Um, it's a 1997 movie, but now I'm intrigued to go rewatch that film just to kind of compare the opening sequence. Um, I thought we'll have to see if it's streaming anywhere and check that out and compare. Um, yeah, because I've never seen it. I'd be happy to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember it being a pretty good film. So this takes us right to where we left off. We are going straight to the Citadel. And this is this is that moment. This for me, this was like, all right, what are we what are we about to see? Because as we kind of left off, there was like all the rumors of like who's gonna actually be in charge. Are we about to see another Loki? Is it gonna be Miss Minutes? You know, we didn't talk about this in the in the former episode. I didn't I was kind of hinting at it, but we never really dived into it. But before we get to there surprisingly they see miss minutes surprisingly and not surprisingly (laughs) the only the only questions this is lingering me with is like i want to know who made miss minutes like like what is the power of miss minutes like as i was kind of seeing this that she just kind of is able to show up at the citadel which is essentially like this end of time in this void where can and can't miss minutes go and she seems to exist in some kind of time herself because she's gone. And then when she gets back to Renslayer, Renslayer's like, where were you? And she's like, oh, I just take care of a few things. She can't be in multiple places at once. She's subject to some kind of timeline. Exactly. What? What? What, what even? Just what? <laughs> and and that, whole, that whole line right there, that's so secretive. Yeah, Miss like, Moon's shady. She seemed shady last week. She got she even shadier shady. this week. <laughs> um exactly like that whole like opening sequence we see the whole time i was thinking like man i would love to have the vision or even jarvis show up and just reverse engineer miss minutes (laughs) that would be so cool to see like that kind of moment of jarvis where he can be like what are you like let's figure each other out and kind of like find the core of miss minutes something that i thought was interesting about this scene was uh, I was reading, I think that this was on Twitter and it was a couple of the writers. I think uh, Michael Waldron was one of them. And the other one was Mm -hmm. uh, Eric Martin, I believe his last name is. And they were talking Mm -hmm. about some different ideas that they had for what was going to happen when Loki and Sylvie first entered the Citadel. And one of them that they said that they tossed out that I think would have been like so cool is that they thought about mm-hmm. having the greatest warriors from all the different timelines be there and them having to fight them to get to whoever was really in charge. But they said that that felt kind of out of tone with what the show was because so much of it was about exploring character and their personal journeys that it would have mm-hmm. felt weird to conclude that with this kind of like big bombastic fight sequence. Especially when I'm betting we were still going to get that one between loki and sylvie uh mm-hmm. once they do get into the next room yeah that feels very uh video game-esque <laughs> i mean that's typically what you would see like in a legend of zelda game is once you get to the castle you're essentially working your way up to the very top to fight 
you know, the, the main villain, but you're going to fight all these other villains. Hmm. I didn't hear that. I didn't see that. That would be, that would be interesting. That would be an interesting nod, especially if like, you know, Loki sees Hulk for some reason, or maybe <laughs> Thanos again. Like, oh, what that would that, have been great. <laughs> what kind of mood would that put, um, Loki in if he sees Thanos? Cause he knows what happens. So he, I feel like he'd almost want to turn around and, and like, we're just going to nope out of here. This isn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no boss fight. There's a boss conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. This is a, <laughs> this is a conversation based episode. There's some fighting sprinkled in, but mm-hmm. the whole focus of this is, is this conversation. But before they get to that room, we do like, go ahead. Miss minutes tells us like who's in there, which is mm-hmm. he who remains. Mm-hmm. And that's what hyped me up because this is what I was waiting for because, you know, this is part, there is a character of he who remains in the comics. And this is what I was digging into from episode five, because in episode five, we do get some additional clues, but what I really liked, and this is part of the questions that I have is as they're kind of working their way through the Citadel, you do see that there are more signs of the timekeepers. There's like statues. You see them kind of on the walls and you see statues. But one thing that they kind of hint at and they spend a little extra time in is you see that there are four statues, meaning there are four timekeepers, but one of them is destroyed. So what could happen there? I don't have you looked into the the comic timeline of what happens with the fourth timekeeper? Nope. I had I was too caught up in he who remains and mm-hmm. who he is going to be in the yeah. future for me to worry too much about the timekeepers. I was just kind of like, to me, I was like the timekeepers at this point are like irrelevant. It doesn't matter. I mean, it could come into play later, especially now yeah. that you're mentioning that, but I was like, did they ever exist? Yeah. At that's, all? That's the whole question that I have is, <laughs> is there the real he who remains were there real timekeepers and is the fourth one still there? So in the comics, he who remains does create the TV TVA and does create the timekeepers. I don't know why, but there's something that happens with one of the timekeepers where he casts him into like ancient Egypt. And we kind of see a reference of that. If you look at episode five, when you kind of see all the surroundings in this void area, you see that there's the sphinxes there. So I felt that was like a nod of like, okay, could we, is that just a nod to, you know, who we're about to see in that kind of story? Or could it be a future nod of like, maybe we're going to go to ancient Egypt to find this missing timekeeper to help fix things. I don't know. The way they're kind of setting this up, it feels like maybe this is all just a, just a good nod to the comics and things like that. But I was focusing a lot of my a lot of attention into that until we actually get into the main room and <laughs> who do we see? Well, we don't actually see Kang, but we do see the actor that has been cast to play Kang. Yes. And I last week whenever we were talking uh more about Kang, I hadn't seen who was playing him. So I like pulled up the Quantumania mm-hmm. cast list. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they showed him, I was like, it's him. I see him. I see him. That's Kang. It's Kang. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. I've got his name written down. Uh, Jonathan Majors. Is Jonathan that Majors. That's name. right. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. Well, I'm not trying to. I'm trying not to get ahead of ourselves as we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so much. It's hard not to. But so so yeah. So Loki and Sylvie finally work their way in to meet He Who Remains, and turns out. The person that we see is the actor Jonathan Majors, but now the question is, is like, okay, who are we really seeing here? And he even kind of throws out a comment. He's like, oh, she's still calling me that? Referring to Miss Minutes, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But, you know, he never actually shares, like, what his name actually is. The only hints that we get is like, I've been called many things. Some people call me a ruler. Some people call me a conqueror. And then he just kind of leaves it at that. And he says, and a jerk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really interesting because now you have to decipher like, uh, you know, is this still kind of going into the comic realms? Like, what is the story arc they're going for? Like, where is this leading? And so from here, we're just kind of diving into uh, what he's been up to. Which clearly is a lot. <laughs> and for a long, long time. Millions of years, he says. Millions of lifetimes. Or millions of lifetimes, yeah. 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 Mm. So it's crazy. So, yeah, we get a little bit of context here of like... Uh, well, let's get into... He does mention... Um, we do talk about Eliath for a while. And this was another... Another question I've got is, um, you know, in order to get to the Citadel, they had to get past Eliath, which um, they basically enchanted and was able to get through there. But in that moment when they were kind of first confronting him, he basically said, like, he references Eliath and, and kind of like the key, a key component of Eliath. But at the same time, he was just like, but I just kind of let that happen. He's like, I knew you were going to be here. I just paved the way. Like everything mm -hmm. you went through, I just is part of your path to get here to me. But it seems like Eliath is still kind of a known threat. If you look in the comic realm, there's a couple of story arcs with Eliath where one, yeah, it's this like shadowy type being that does these things, but it's kind of whatever. Where in another one, it is something Kang has to go against because they kind of do the same thing. They just kind of stay out of each other's way. So I'm wondering if that's what we're going to see moving forward or if this is all we really see with Elias. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I was wondering at the end of everything, like, is Elias still out there? Is Elias still right. going to be uh, dangerous to them? Uh, because an enchantment doesn't last forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's made me curious about whether or not uh, Eliath is going to be a bigger deal in the actual films. Mm -hmm. It would make sense if uh, if they at least reference Eliath in uh, Multiverse of Madness or mm -hmm. in Quantum Mania, and it he would fit in to be like important to the plot. Because oh, yeah. of how he functions in this universe. But I don't know. I don't know how strongly they're going to let the TV shows play into the movies. Sure. Yeah, it's like, do does Loki and Sylvie or anyone else, are they going to need to go back to the Citadel again? 
I don't really know. I don't really know what they would do there per se. You know, the whole point of this is just really to see who's in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, is like, okay, let's turn around and well, I mean, if they can just transport out of there, they don't have to deal with Eliath. But anyway, that's one big question is like, <laughs> is Eliath going to be a main character moving forward? So going back into the room, we spend a little bit of time going through um, a bit of a backstory. So we learn that um, essentially, you know, we meet up with future beings where we share technology. And that's how this variant that they're seeing who calls himself he who remains Mm -hmm. is able to do all these things how he has the technology that he has um, and that essentially setting them up, warning them that, Hey, I'm just a variant. Like, like y'all, there are a lot of versions of me and some of them are not so nice. Doesn't he uh, say, or at least insinuate that he is like the first King uh, that he talks about in his story. The one who realizes that there are other universes and reaches out to the other Kangs, say the Kangas Kang. <laughs> yeah, I think he does. Um, which I'm trying to to kind of mimic this to the comic because you can see how they're kind of trying to keep things unique here because you know the original character is like a sole survivor from a past timeline. And the whole reason why he creates the TVA and the timekeepers and the sacred timeline is because he doesn't want all the mistakes that happened in the past to happen in the future. Mm. And that's the goal is to kind of keep things as they should be. Um, you know, this was probably the struggle that I had with this episode was trying to buy into this, you know, Kang character here because... He was very eccentric. He was very all over the place. When you first see them, him, if you're, you know, if you're diving into the stuff like we are, like, you know that this guy is going to play Kang. So I was initially expecting like this very dark type character. That's almost Thanos, like very serious. (laughs) And we get the polar opposite of that. So I did struggle some to kind of figure out like what who is this guy like what is what is he really up to? Um, I really like I enjoyed his take on this character because first of all, uh, this actor uh, Jonathan Majors he's so charismatic, <laughs> like he totally just yeah. shows up kind of like Zemo did <laughs> and turns it into yeah. not the Zemo show but the Kang show, um, <laughs> and I'm guessing that it's like after you're left alone with yourself for all that time you might get just a little bit unhinged. Like the part whenever mm-hmm. Sylvie is getting onto him and he's like, ah, just grow up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess that if you have that much experience and that much knowledge, you would be like, look, whatever personal stuff you're going through right now, even if it's utterly devastating and something you've been mm-hmm. dealing with for millennia, it is ultimately trivial compared to everything that I've seen and everything that I've done. So he's yeah. just... He's run out of hex to give. And so that's Pretty what much. I was getting from from this performance. Is that he just don't he's, care. If he does, eh. He's got a whole vibe. But even getting into that, you know, we see like alongside with, with him sharing his story of, 
of you know how things came to be all the technology how he's able to do what he what he's done create the tva you know if you look at loki and sylvie they both have different motives here loki's very on the trust let's trust this guy let's see where this goes sylvie's ready to just take him out pretty quickly um that's that's also a nod to the comics where in the comics there's a comic issue where thor and jane foster go to the citadel to see who he who remains and very similar motives one wants to take him down the other one wants to like let's hear him out and see what's going on that was really cool yeah Um, it was it was that do you want a thousand tyrants one mile away or one tyrant a thousand miles away yeah um (laughs) And it shows it shows some fundamental differences between Loki and Sylvie because as much mm-hmm. as Loki has been through, Sylvie has been through more. Uh, one right. of the big things that they confront in this episode is how Sylvie is absolutely incapable of trusting anyone, even mm-hmm. someone like Loki who understands her maybe in a way that nobody else ever has. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's never even had the kind of safety net that he had. He struggled with his family, but he had one. Like, he was sure. raised to adulthood believing that he was, like, the son of Odin and Briga. Mm-hmm. And even through everything that happened with them, he can't get away from the fact that he loves them and they love him. Mm-hmm. Sylvie never had that. She had right. it for, like, a few little baby Asgard years mm-hmm. and then has been on the run ever since. So she has a much bigger personal motivation and Loki's kind of at least been able to process some of mm-hmm. the trauma that he's dealt with. And so he's able to take that step back and see, like, I don't know if this is a chance we can take. As much as he would like to try to restore free will, if it means, if free will means the destruction of a thousand million universes, then maybe it's not worth it. <laughs> right. Even though it's a tough call to make. He's like, we should at least listen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we definitely, we, Sylvie takes quite a few swings. We see. <laughs> um, but this was kind of fascinating because each time, you know, he's able to kind of, you know, use that technology to move himself out of the way because he says, like, I know what's going to happen. He's like, it's in. I thought it was so funny. It's like he pulls out the papers and he's like, look, it's right here. Like everything we're about to talk about is right here. So it kind of like sets them, sets that tone of like, okay, we're going to have to talk and, and kind of figure this, this out. Um, and I guess we can, we can kind of circle back to Renslayer. Um, Cause this is like one of the biggest questions. What, what's Renslayer up to? We see this uh, this little segment where B-15 uh, goes back and we see Renslayer at a school. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't called Renslayer, right? It was a different name. Yeah, I wrote it down. It's the best I could read it. <laughs> it was like uh, Rebecca Torminant. Something like that, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, she had the little diploma on her wall. So it seems like mm-hmm. she's like a high school principal. Yeah, I didn't know if it was a principal or a teacher, but yeah, it's, we go to this high school, um, and now that the question is, is like, whoa, like, how is this possible? What's going on? As a teacher, I will say that it appears she's a principal because she has an office. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, 
something, another thing that I was reading on, uh, on Twitter, and I think, again, it was uh, Eric Martin, was he said that something they didn't get around to showing or just didn't have time to show in the series was that uh, Renslayer was like the biggest, baddest hunter in the TVA before she was a mm. judge. And so it's, Maybe we'll get some more of it in like season two, but imagining the transition from going to like being a high school principal mm-hmm. to like crazy, insane, awesome <laughs> time hunter lady to judge of all timelines who gets mm-hmm. to remain and who gets pruned. That's quite a journey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's like that's pretty crazy. I didn't think about it like that. What are the overlapping skill sets in those three jobs? All <laughs> right. <laughs> and w- if we look into Rinslayer, especially with maybe like her, her brief time at the beginning with Miss Minutes, makes me wonder, like, in the comic arc, Rinslayer's tied to to um, Kang pretty well. But here it seems like Rinslayer may not even know that Kang exists, mm-hmm. may not even know about the citadel may not even know about he who remains so i'm wondering if you know marvel's kind of shifting that so it's uh it's actually gonna be miss minutes maybe miss minutes is kind of tied closer to kang and what's going on not sure or is this going to be a future setup renslayer will eventually meet kang and that they kind of join forces i don't know yeah the second thing is kind of what i've been expecting because she said that uh she's going off in search of free will in this uh scene with mobius Mm -hmm. and so to me that makes it sound like she's going to look for he who remains or maybe she'll just wind up finding kang yeah i could see that going on she has as many questions about what's going on as we do but what she tells him is that she feels like there had to have been a purpose. Even if the timekeepers were real, she thinks there has to be some reason why we would be forced to do this all these years. We have to be preserving something mm-hmm. and doing something that's important. So maybe uh, whenever she went in there with the timekeepers, and uh, uh, I think it was episode four, maybe mm-hmm. that was the first time she knew that they were fake. And just in that moment, she's decided it doesn't matter if they're fake. There's still something above me that I'm serving. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh. It's a okay. tough call to make. She's been really like shady yeah, most of the a, season. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe if she didn't know, she at least suspected, or maybe she has access to information that most of the analysts don't. I don't know, but she still doesn't. She doesn't fully know what the deal is. And she's yeah. going to go find out. Yeah. Oh, and she yeah. felt devastated whenever Mobius betrayed her, even though she pruned him. <laughs> right. So the friendship was real. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting moment, too, when Mobius goes after after Renslayer um, to essentially want to try to prune her, you know. But he doesn't uh, want to prune her either. Like, he basically no. says that. He's like... You know, I wouldn't want to prune my friend, Ravona. I'm still, I wish we got a little bit more for Mobius. I think there's, there's gotta be something deeper with his character. Mm -hmm. 
you know, if you look at the rumor mill, most of the rumors expect that Mobius will actually be a Loki. I'm kind of leaning like, what if Mobius is a younger version of the original He Who Remains? Um, looking at the comic version, He Who Remains is like this very, very, very old, wrinkly type uh, man. Because uh, he's like the last survivor of this timeline. So he's very, very old. Um, I think personality wise, he probably, I think he's somewhat similar to like how uh, Majors portrays him, but um, similar color schemes and all that. But I uh, started like really looking at Mobius in that light of like, what if he's a younger version that um, was just kind of plucked out and put into the TVA? I don't know. That'd be kind of interesting. But yeah, I, I hope we get a deeper story around Mobius and like what what his past really is and mm-hmm. who is he actually. He might be somebody who knew Ravona slash Rebecca. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they might have shared a timeline because we know that he has an attachment to a bunch of things from the 90s and right, she right. is from 2018. So he could have been... Yeah. Uh, like a young man in the nineties, which would make him like in his forties, fifties and 2018. And Ravona would be at least close to that age, maybe more like 40. Yeah, it's possible. Things we hope we get. <laughs> <laughs> I can't well, see him being a Loki. That would feel like Loki overkill. Yeah. That, I don't know, you know, again, this is just the rumor mills and the fans trying to, like, push things. Um, I don't think he could be. I don't think he's a Loki. Um, but I'm curious to see who actually. I think he's someone. Someone bigger than what we we know him as right now. But I'm curious on that. So uh, kind of bouncing back to the Citadel. Getting to this point. It's really coming down to Sylvie really wants to take him out. Mm-hmm. And Loki's like, no, you got to trust. Like, I trust him. I need you to trust him, too. And then at this point, we start, they fight. <laughs> we see a little yes. Bit of fight. I love mm-hmm. this scene so much. I think that uh, this showdown between Loki and Sylvia is my favorite scene in the whole season. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, again, it's showing how, like, truly different people they are um Mm -hmm. trying to work through this and it also shows just how much loki's come to value sylvie like Mm -hmm. she's not trying to fight him and he's not trying to fight her he's Mm -hmm. just trying to stop her from killing kane Mm -hmm. so they keep on like popping up in front of each other just kind of like magic fight magic fight magic fight all over the place (laughs) um and of course at the end they have that uh that moment where basically he says that he's going to be okay as long as she's okay. And he knows that right now she's not her yeah. emotional and mental state is not all right. Mm-hmm. And she's going to make things a thousand times worse if she succeeds in killing King. Mm-hmm. And then she pulls a uh, slippery little trick <laughs> by distracting him by kissing him and then pushing him through uh, the doorway And, of course, I don't think that that moment was just meant to be a distraction. I think that she is trying her best to process the feelings she also has for Loki. Mm -hmm. But she also knows that she can't just walk away from Kang. She's going to have to... uh, She's going to have to do what she came to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's not only 
completing her own task. It's getting him out of the way, kind of engaging a little bit in uh, these feelings that she's developed um, and possibly even getting Loki somewhere that she thinks will be safer, better for him. Right. Um, because we, we do know where he winds up uh, and we're going to get to that later. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this, yeah. So many complicated things are happening. <laughs> yeah. This, this was kind of the moment because, um, you know, looking at the technology that, and I guess moving forward, we'll call him Kang, even though he's not really Kang, but he is Kang. It it's takes too long really to weird. say he remains. I know. It takes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, he's got this, this bracelet, you know, like this watch type thing that he's able to, to create, you know, the doorways and some other stuff as well. So he takes it off. Which is kind of like interesting setup because basically he he lays out options. You know, it's kind of like, hey, I want you two to basically be in charge. You two go back. You run the TVA. You keep doing more or less what he's doing. Or you kill me. And madness happens. <laughs> Setting up multiverse of madness. Um, and that's what he's trying to prevent is like there are other variants of him that are really bad. And this will basically start a multiverse where everyone's going to war, which more notes. Is this leading to like secret wars? Um, I'm really curious to see like if the Eternals will kind of tie into this in any way. I don't know why. I haven't really seen any notes for references, but I'm not very familiar with the Eternals. Yeah, me neither. That's um, why I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, um, there are some other big key comic moments mentioned that could this could be referencing to, but Secret War seems to be the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he's basically laying down like, here's the options. And then he kind of reveals like, oh, and by the way, like, I only know what actually happens 10 seconds, up to 10 seconds ago. Yeah, they cross that threshold. You can tell he's yeah. like, he genuinely is kind of freaked out whenever that happens. Yeah. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about how we could tell when Ravona was lying early in the season. Mm-hmm. Watching him, I was like, he's not. Everything that he's saying, it, it's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nuts, but it's the truth. And he yeah. knows that it sounds crazy and stupid. And he doesn't know how it's going to work out for him, but he's just putting it all there on the table. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, and this wild. is the kind of deal that I feel like Loki, even earlier this season, would have taken. Be like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I can run the TVA. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of goes back to like you know the whole point is like he's always wanted a throne. He's always wanted to control and and be that that kind of authoritative figure. I don't know, but um, and now he doesn't. No, so yeah, so now we get he's pushed back into the TVA, and now it's just Sylvie and Kang, and she takes him out. Mm-hmm. And like he doesn't fight her or anything. She just goes no. and stabs him, and he's like, yeah. "Good luck." But he's he's <laughs> he's okay with it, you know. He kind of he's like, "Look, I'm tired." <laughs> Million lifetimes, like, yeah, I would be exhausted too. He's just kind of like, but it's like at the same time, he's like, "I warned y'all." Yeah, this you can tell. A- Sylvie realizes like five seconds afterwards that she's like, "Oh no." <laughs> yeah. Like, what has she yeah. done? Not only to Kang, but to Loki. Yeah, um, she's really she's really hecked all that up. 
we haven't really touched on this per se this and this may just be this to me this is just like an aesthetic nod type thing well you got two different things here like one okay we've got the actor that we know we're going to see later on in ant-man quantumania but if you look at the room that they're in it feels very doctor strange-esque mm-hmm. the windows just the vibe of it feels like something you would see in a doctor strange film but you know what's so cool is like if you look at the windows behind them you kind of see that's basically the timeline right so like once once the moment happens where she stabs him i'm just looking at the window watching <laughs> as it just kind of spreads out and it's just like Uh-oh. that's when i start getting like the goosebumps right like this is exciting <laughs> like this is crazy where this is going um so yeah Blame it on a Loki, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Starting this. Sylvie uh, did it. Sylvie's Sylvie fault. did it. Sylvie's fault. Um, it's okay, Sylvie. We still like you. But you did ruin everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, so now we've got uh, uh, Loki is back at the TVA and it's like, all right, I got to find Mobius because like all this stuff just happened. So. After um, he has this like little breakdown, he just sits there yeah, and he's so oh, yeah. upset. We, we do. We get uh Loki has some some moments, you know, definitely lets the tears flow this time. Yeah, bless his heart. He's never had like a real girlfriend. And then this one finally like makes a move on him and then it's like bye. It's weird too, because I mean when you really look at it, it's like even even myself doesn't want me. Oh gosh. <laughs> Can we just let him have one happy thing ever? Please, one happy thing. <laughs> it's got to be Thor. You know, it's like, <laughs> he's got his, once he, I feel like one, if he can see Thor, like, he'd be happy. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. He, uh, I just think about how much it had, he had to go through in order to trust Sylvie himself or to trust anybody. And so he mm-hmm. got to that, you know, very, uh, precarious place where he was putting himself out there and being vulnerable and mm-hmm. she wasn't there yet. And so she just decides to break poor yeah. Loki's little right. Asgardian slash Yoten heart. And so now he probably feels like <laughs> an idiot because he's done all this stuff for Sylvie. And what does he get out of it? The wrong Mobius. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And that oh that brings a whole another question is like when they cross paths again when they meet up like what is that initial confrontation going to be like between Loki and Sylvie at this point but we can talk about that here more in a second but yeah finally meets up with Mobius trying to update him of like hey this is all happening this is all going down and now like the whole like TVA is different Mobius is like who are you mm-hmm. what's your number. Who do you report to? Like, I don't know who you are. Like, I'm, I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> and I don't like something about the scene is I don't think Sylvie meant to send him to the wrong TVA. I just think that whenever uh, the uh, threshold got crossed and she killed Kang, that all of the timelines just immediately went haywire. And mm-hmm. as we see later in the scene, this is one where it looks like Kang is like openly, openly running the TVA. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 
Yeah, what does that mean for Loki? He's in a place where he kind of understands things, but he has no allies, nobody who knows mm-hmm. him. And right. he's in this huge, like, multiversal and crisis. Exactly. I guess that, that brings up another question to add to the list is like, is this, is it the same timeline he just came from, the same TVA, but but because of what Sylvie did, altered it? Mm-hmm. Or is, did he go to a whole different version of the TVA? We don't really know that exactly. But yeah, we get to that final shot, which I really loved. thought it was really beautiful. Is when he turns around and look, instead of seeing the three Timekeeper statues, we see one, which essentially looks like King the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a cool moment. <laughs> that was a really cool moment. And show ends. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the part where I yelled so loud that it scared my puppy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think I just sat uh, like uh, this is one of those jaw jaw hits the floor moments of like, all right, I, I'm I'm pumped with where they're going with this now. <laughs> like, like this is this is a good setup of where things are going. And then uh, stick around for, you know, additional traditional post-credit scenes and we do get one we just get like what you see is essentially like a file and someone stamps it and we get a verification season two yeah i was what i was hoping to get in that stinger i mean don't get me wrong i'm very excited that we got Mm -hmm. a confirmation we're getting another season because i was like as i posted on our page you better after that (laughs) um was one of the things that we saw in some of the promos was this image of our loki loki is loki i guess Mm -hmm. uh on the throne of Asgard. Mm-hmm. And so I'm guessing maybe they just shot that. Maybe whenever uh, Miss Minutes is giving them that ultimatum at the beginning of the episode saying like, we can put you both back into the sacred timeline. You can mm-hmm. roll Midgard, Asgard, you can defeat Thanos, all these things. So maybe that was supposed to be an image of him having done all those things. Like she showed him what it would look like mm-hmm. and then they just cut it for time or whatever. Yeah. But I was hoping that that's what the stinger would be is that it would show like, you know, King Loki and all of a mm-hmm. sudden stuff starts going all to heck and he's like, what, what is happening? <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's not what I we wish got. we would have gotten at least more than one. You know, more what <laughs> more, more than one little stinger. Yes. You know, I wish like once the once we see like right after we see the statue, I wish they could have shown a blip of something else and then you get the credits and after the credits they could have announced season two. Um they could have you know, and I'm sure like I could have seen them easily going a, a similar route of Thanos where maybe they could have actually showed some form of Kang. Um But I don't know, like uh you know, we're gonna get potentially we're getting multiple variants of Kang. So the question is, is like, how many are we going to see? You know, how many, how many of these? Are, yeah. How many are we going to see? Like, what's this big battle going to be like? <laughs> it's it's going to be wild. <laughs> that's yeah. That's all we know about the future is that whatever happens next is going to be crazy. Like, is mm-hmm. Loki going to leave this TVA and be like, okay, I'm going to bounce. This is not like, if everything's going to, get shot by a multiversal war war. I'm going somewhere fun for the rest of my life. I'm going (laughs) to, as Tom Hiddleston has said before, he really wants Loki to just be like a, like own a nightclub in the seventies. Right. (laughs) 
So he just bounces off and he's yeah. like, yep, this is what so I do at, now. At this point, um, he knows how everything works. He knows how to get around. So I would expect Loki would try to get uh, the tent pad, get back to the void, potentially have to go through Eliath again to get to the Citadel. And then, but the question is, is like, if he does that, who's going to be there? Yeah. Is Sylvie there? Is there food there? He was eating like what? I'm going to be honest. At first I thought that he was eating an onion and I was like, that's weird. But it was an apple. Yeah, I could. Well, I didn't know if it was like an <laughs> apple or a pear. Like he's eating some fruit. Yeah. Looks like but, the first um, time we saw him, it just looked like it was white. And I was like, is he just straight up biting into an onion? Is this our first clue that this is just like a super weirdo? <laughs> but it was it was a green apple. Yeah. Pretty wild stuff. But overall, I, I really liked it. This from the three Marvel series that we've seen. I think this easily could be my favorite. Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely uh Mine. And that's not shade to the other two. They all have such a distinct mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. Uh, and I've I've so enjoyed getting to watch all three of them. But yeah, this yeah. one this one is my favorite. And the other two don't they don't necessarily have to have a second season. This one really does. Yeah, there's there's a lot more going on here. Um yeah, exactly. I think WandaVision ended that pretty solid to where we can navigate with Wanda into a film and I'll be fine with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Falcon Winter Soldier could do, do a season two. There's still mm-hmm. a lot going on there. Oh, they could. Either one of them could, but now, they don't need it the way that Loki I'm gonna does. drift off for a brief second. Have you watched Black Widow yet? Yes. All right. Well, we'll plan a day to talk <laughs> about this because the more we were kind of talking about earlier with Free Will... And that ties so much into Black Widow as well. Like that's that's a really interesting concept. Anyway, <laughs> subscribe. We're we're gonna talk about Black Widow. I'm ready yeah, to talk worry. about that. We're we're gonna get to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. I watched that last night, and whew, that hyped me up. <laughs> Seeing that and this finale for Loki on the same day, like I I was pretty hyped. I was very excited for everything that's that Marvel's doing. So. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. And I'm excited for us to get to talk about it. I just I wish yeah. that we'd gotten it bef- between Civil War and Endgame. That would have been so much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but the way they did it, it makes it makes perfect. Yeah, it's it's like perfect. I do wish we would have gotten it much earlier. I think I think for for this character, for Black Widow's character, definitely deserved it. But I think they did it. They did it right. I was yeah. very happy. Um, I, I noticed in the credits that Scarlett Johansson was a producer, so I'm sure that she had a lot of yeah. say in oh, yeah. uh, what they yeah. did with her character. Definitely. All right. Well, well I was about Loki, to say, is there anything else that we need to touch on before we leave? Loki season one is over. Uh, I guess any last thoughts? The only thing I think we went through a lot of stuff. The only other thing that I'm going to mention is I have high hopes that we could see season two before the year is up. Oh, yeah, that'll be great. Um, the The only thing that I think they'll have to watch out for is that Tom Hiddleston has another uh, miniseries coming out probably close to the end of this year, and they probably are not going to want to compete with that. Yeah. That he just finished uh, filming in England called The Essex Serpent, which, by the way, super okay. excited. I loved that book. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, what is I, that, I really hope we get what it. What is that airing on? Uh, Apple TV. Apple TV. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't know that. I'm I'm pumped for that. You know, just because you mentioned that, I did start thinking if you look at it from the Disney perspective, Disney Plus perspective, like what else is coming out this year? You know, we're going to have more Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye, gonna I think, is going to be out by the end of the year. Right. So if you got Hawkeye and um, are we getting, it's either going to be the Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian season three. I can't remember. That's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Do they and so we still have What If. And we still have What If. That's mm-hmm. a lot to compete with. I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think they could pull it off, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. You know, I we did like we did us. not get a date. They didn't give a date. No. They just said season two is coming. Do you think we'll get more episodes in the next season? Like maybe 10? 10 whole episodes? That could be cool, but if it's going to be next year, maybe more episodes. Mm-hmm. If they're going to drop it this year, they could do an even shorter season or they could continue with the six episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll just we'll have to see. We don't know. We do not know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't we don't have this knowledge. We know but we'll try to find out. <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap up this episode there. Um, and beyond that, be sure to follow us on social. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date with new episodes. Um, we're still working on our Patreon. So go check that out. Uh, we'll have exclusive content there. And yeah, we're excited. We got so much more Marvel coming out. We're excited to talk about. That is right. Thanks, everyone. Let us know when we post this episode. What did you think of Loki? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Any questions, we'd love to engage with you. And thanks so much. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.